What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. It's a someplace they play so far. Everything with an attitude. Alabama. I don't give a shit who we're playing. Don't let the fucking play against and make his ass play. That's our framework. That's our MO with the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. End zone. This is a mauling, folks. A mauling. Fear the tide, honey badger. I. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Hey, hey, is this thing on? Is this thing on? <laughs> hey guys, I apologize. This is Dave. I apologize that we've been so radio silent for so long. And I greatly appreciate, and Tom does too, we greatly appreciate the folks that have reached out and said, hey, where are you guys? Missed the show. And even just the volume of people that have reached out and said, hey, are you guys okay? Is everything all right? Has something happened? And uh, we really appreciate the, the 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 loyalty, the kind words. Uh, you guys, you deserve better. For uh, we we left to hanging, and you guys have been right there uh, looking for us, listening out for us. We so appreciate that. I probably could run through a list of reasons as well as a list of excuses for why we haven't recorded. And some would be compelling and some would just be downright bad. So I'll spare us all that angst. And I will let you know that we are back and we are ready to rock 2018. What we're going to do today, uh, you're stuck with just me, Dave. Uh, Tom's not available uh, until after the start of the season. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through and actually I'm going to give you a couple of a, a couple of episodes. I've got some topics, some catch up topics uh, as well as uh, some look forward topics. And I'm going to try to break them down into little bite size shows or bite size uh, chunks. And uh, we'll kind of release those over the next uh, couple of weeks or a couple of days, week and a half leading up to the season and then get those out. And then we'll get on our regular cycle of doing the post game stuff, which, you know, we enjoy that and you guys enjoy listening to it. Hopefully you enjoy this a little bit. Uh, give us a little feedback. But uh, before we jump into this, let me give you a little sort of overview of what we're going to do over these next uh, couple of shows. We're going to, and this, and I, and I wish Tom could do this with me. You're gonna, you're gonna, you know, sort of hear one side of the discussion. But uh, we're going to spend uh, this first episode going back and spending some time with the national championship game. And I'm going to run through, you know, Tom and I, you guys are used to hearing us. We sort of have our bullets that we want to talk to, and we kind of bounce them off one another and elaborate and. You know, uh, 
a 30 minute show is an hour and a half and and hopefully we all love it uh this will be shorter because it'll just be me and it'll be sort of rote uh running me running through my bullets but hey it'll be some good stuff hopefully and uh any questions or comments that you guys want to engage with we're more than happy to do that through the email we're going to do a second show and uh, I'd actually kind of written all this stuff up and and I was ready to do this in the spring. And just like I said, circumstances came out. But we're going to do a second show really talking about some of the coaching changes. Uh, Coach Saban has really turned off this, uh, turned over the staff uh, this offseason. And uh, if you know, believe it or not, we have an opinion over that. And so we're happy to share that with you. Uh, we've got a, a, a episode three. I'm going to call this sort of a grab bag episode. Uh, we're going to hit a, just a couple of points on recruiting and have a little idea that uh, that I've been wanting to do for the last three or four years. We just haven't been able to uh, call it a player draft. You know, the players that we lost from last year's team, who who would we most want to have back if we could draft those players back? And last couple of years, I've pitched that idea to Tommy. He's been a little, eh, I'm not sure about that, but uh, I thought that would be a really cool episode around the NFL draft, like drafting our guys back. But anyways, you're stuck with it, whether you like the idea or not. And um, you'll hear me kind of run through that. That'll probably be a shorter episode. Then we're going to get into uh, less looking back and more looking forward. We're going to do a defensive preview, probably some special teams in there. And then we'll do an offensive preview uh, with predictions for the season. So that's that's kind of what we've got. That's going to that's gonna be our five-show uh, rundown. If I told you they were going to be 15 or 20 minutes, then they'd be 30 or 40 minutes. Uh, but we'll see. It's just going to be me, so I think they'll be a little quick. Um, anyways, why don't we jump into the national title game, Alabama and Georgia. We've had a ton of people just reach out and say, oh, guys, we want to hear what you have to say about this. And I so wish that we could have captured and, and done a show. And again, I, would, I won't belabor that. But, but uh, you know, Tom and I have talked a little bit about it. And, uh, and I know I certainly have a lot of thoughts and ideas and I want to, I want to run, you know, run through them here with you guys. It was, uh, you know, Alabama over Georgia. Uh, I'm sure we've all watched that, uh, on Facebook, that play over and over and over again, where, where Tua threw, uh, through the ball, the, the ball to Smitty. What, what a phenomenal finish. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's the kind of game when, when we, I thought we were going to line up and make the kick and everybody probably in the country thought we were going to do that. And of course we didn't. And, uh, and and at that point we thought we're going to lose this game because because you know Georgia's quality team they're on a roll um, you know had we run out of gas with a freshman quarterback and when and and of course it play, overtime played out the way that it the way that it did and 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 holy cow it really looked like their kicker was on and ours was not and um, and then we get we get the sack. And I don't know as much as I would have appreciated, you know, making the kick and I probably would have less gray hair and uh, probably shave some months off my life with uh, with just the the stress of that. I don't think I would trade that ending for anything. Just that moment of elation. Um, and I'll say this. Right. We've been on such an incredible run with Coach Saban over the last several years that it really takes something to to sort of dial up the meter and dial up the excitement level. And if he had made the kick, then that would have been like, that's how it's supposed to happen. That's how it happens with Saban. It's, you know, you can almost script it out some, some circumstances. And if we had made the kick, it would have been, yep, that's what we do. But the way that it played out was just above and beyond. And it really sort of took me back to a pure sense of joy 
in Alabama football, not not one based from expectation or relief that what I thought or hoped was going to happen happened, but it took me back to such a pure joy that I don't remember uh, that back until I think it's 2008 when we beat Florida in the um, 2000. Yeah, was it 2008 when we beat Florida um, in the SEC championship game? I, I that that's like the level. I guess that was 2009. That was that's the level of joy that just euphoria that uh, that this game, this national title game, carried me back to. So I thought I'd share that. That was kind of a neat. <clears throat> A neat experience that I had, and I'm sure I'm not alone in that. Is at my age, uh, it takes a lot to sort of <clears throat> get me excited and and uh, feel sort of that 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 just pure youthful joy, and uh, certainly that game did it. <clears throat> but Alabama Alabama 26, Georgia 23, uh, 26 points in the second half. Uh, my wife officially thinks I'm crazy, but um, if you're a crazy Alabama fan like me or a numerologist. Then uh, stay tuned over the next couple episodes because we're going to poke at that uh, 26 points in the second half. Uh, we're going to poke at that a little bit over the next couple episodes. I, I, I strung together a couple of things that either prove that I'm crazy or uh, we need to go uh, play a Bama lottery and, and see how that plays out. But let's do what we do. Let's break down the game. Let's start with offense and uh not a lot to talk about in <clears throat> in the first half. You know, we were one of six on our third downs. In the first half, we only had 24 plays. Uh, juxtapose that to Georgia having 47 plays. They almost had twice as many plays as we did in the second half. We were fortunate. We were oh so fortunate to only be down 13, uh, 13 to nothing uh, at the half. Uh, and in fact, that even included <clears throat> included uh, Georgia scoring a touchdown with about seven seconds left. Um, Jalen never got into rhythm. And look, I know that I'm talking about a game in January, and there's been a mighty lot that has transpired. So there's a little bit of Captain Obvious here. I get it, but you know, you guys know what we're doing. Uh, Jalen really never got into a rhythm. Uh, he missed a wide open Calvin Ridley. The D, the the DB even fell down, and Calvin Ridley was just wide open. And you could see that he was frustrated. And he wasn't just frustrated about that one play. He was frustrated about what that one play represented. You could just see it. And and Calvin's as good of a team player as anyone else. But you could just see the expression on his his face. Just he was just crestfallen. And that's one of those plays. I, I that was the first, I believe, the first drive of the game. That's one of those scripted plays where the coaches, you know, we talk about that touchdown was scored on Tuesday in game film. This, that touchdown was, you know, <laughs> that touchdown was scored two weeks ago, but not in the game, right? That is one of those touchdowns on a scripted play where if we get this coverage in this situation, Calvin will be open. It's, it, you know, and you and it's a play that you only get to, you only get a shot at it once, maybe twice, but only once. And to miss it just so blatantly, that was that was a letdown, I think, for the entire team, for the entire uh, offense, because they knew that's points on the board. We're going to drive down on this for, first drive. We're going to get a touchdown. We're going to set the stage, and that's going to be the tone setter for the rest of the game. And indeed, it was a tone setter for the rest of the first half because you know we ended up with zero points. On that, uh, you know, we get down there and, you know, we miss that. Quinnen jumped. Uh, we went for the, you know, we were in position to go for a field goal, which, you know, you want the touchdown, but if you can <clears throat> get out to that 3-0 lead, there's something there. Quinnen Williams jumped 
And so, you know, that pushed us back and we weren't able to to convert. And that's one of those things. People are going to make mistakes. The quarterback has to be able to rise above it. And and Quinnen doesn't have the opportunity. And don't get me wrong, I'm not letting Quinnen off the hook and and piling it all on on Jalen. But that's the role of the quarterback. And if we had just hit that touchdown, then it wouldn't matter. You know, Quinnen jumping, uh, it wouldn't have happened. The, the play wouldn't have happened. So, uh, and and again, I'm not piling on. I'm just re- I'm just you know sharing my experience from watching the game. You know, on the fourth possession, we had we really struggled. And I, this is collectively, the offense really struggled to get moving. Jalen just had a phenomenal run on the fourth possession to really flip the field. Uh, but on the next, you know, the next uh, ensuing drive he doesn't anticipate the slot receiver breaking open he takes a sack and that ends that ends that drive and we're out of field goal position and so you know Jalen just really didn't have you know a game the defense then gives up a, a touchdown with 13 or, or uh, with seven seconds left to put it up to 13 now belief that if we go to half and it's six to nothing that Jalen comes out and starts the second half. I I believe that. There are some things that I believe. I'll go to my grave saying if Bo Scarborough hadn't have broken his leg, we would have beat uh, Clemson. And and I'll I'll go down the road. I'll go into retirement saying that had uh, had we been up by six, I would have stayed in the game. And if and if Saban writes his memoirs, you know, hopefully that's a chapter because I'd like to I'd like to hear about that. But we get on by 13 and there's a level of desperation uh, because our, you know, like I said, our defense have been on the field 47 plays. They're gassed. They cannot play a second half like they did the first half. Georgia's only going to get stronger. Our defense would have got to do something on offense to possess the ball uh, and to score points. And so. Coach made the decision, and uh, Tua came in, and in the second half, he was 14 of 24 with three touchdowns. He had one monstrously ugly pick. Uh, In fact, everyone else on the team was run blocking, and he threw to the receiver, I believe it was Calvin, and hit him in the back, Uh, was throwing, you know, Calvin wasn't even looking, the receiver wasn't even looking, and so that was an ugly play. There were a number of times, and we'll talk about, you know, Tua when we think about the offense. Uh, but there were a number of times he was carrying the ball out low, um, you know, low for bread is sort of the, the term you hear people say. Uh, easily he could have had that batted or swatted or knocked away. Uh, he's got to protect the ball. Uh, Jalen, that's one thing Jalen is phenomenal at, uh, is protecting the ball. Uh, you could reason that he's too cautious, but, um, you know, to a, you know, through the pick and, uh, many times on, on some of his most dynamic scrambles, he could have very easily had the ball knocked away. So that's something that, that uh, you know, he's going to have to uh, work on. But let's put it out there. Tua made some masterful throws. Uh, his first completion, I went back and watched it like six different times. Uh, his his first completion was like a two-yard two yard pass to, to Hell Hintgis. And, but the window that he threw that ball into – was just so narrow, so tight, and the catch and the precision, putting that ball not just in in the range of a six six, you know, tight end with with a wingspan, but putting it just in a window where one person's going to catch it or no one's going to catch it. That 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 was really impressive, and then certainly he had quite a number uh, of significant uh, throws during the game. 
not the least of which was the one to uh, uh, Smith, uh, Devontae Smith, Smitty. But uh, some of his throws to Henry Ruggs, just the vision was was just phenomenal. Uh, on on there there were a couple of plays that I rewound multiple times, and just I was trying to break down the play with my wife. You got to look at this. You got to look at what he's doing. And there was a part of my mind, and I and I kind of go back to like that childlike enthusiasm. There was a part of me that said. I don't know about this game, but I am an, I am eating up what I'm seeing right now. I could eat this with a spoon. What we're seeing this guy be able to do, and I don't know if it's going to be enough to to affect the outcome of this game, but what he's demonstrating is going to impact the outcomes of multiple future seasons. And uh, a couple couple of his throws to uh, to Henry Ruggs really just just bubbled that up in me. Uh, but anyway, it, it, you know, at any rate, those were sort of wild plays. Really, really impressed with those. Najee Harris, I mean, you got to give the tip of, the tip of the cap to just a whole slew of youngsters. Uh, he had six carries for 64 yards. All of them came in the last 11 minutes of the game. Talk about pressure run. When you get the ball, when you know that your name's going to be called and you're under 11 minutes in a national title game that you're trailing – and uh, there's just the pressure, and and you haven't had a lot of carries during the season yet, um, and enough to sort of wear off the newness, right? And so, um, just the aptitude that he showed, not just his athleticism, but just the mental aptitude. And uh, you could say that about a number of players. You know, at one point, and I kind of kid at one at one point, listening to the broadcast and watching the game, there was almost an embarrassment where they said another true freshman and another true freshman and another true freshman. And you think of Tua, Najee, Smitty, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Alex Leatherwood, all playing significant roles, not small roles, not just a little bit of a sliver here, not a background character, but these are leading roles that these freshmen played. And it was freshman after freshman after freshman, Georgia had a couple of freshmen too, and it just seemed like there was a stretch there in the in the third and fourth quarter where every play was being made by a freshman. And I literally, as excited as I was, I was a little bit like, "This is this is almost an embarrassment of riches." And don't don't get me wrong, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But <clears throat> but uh, yeah, that that was, uh, and of course the 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 uh, the finish and the throw. To Smitty, one of the things I was so excited, just so excited uh, at the end of the game, everyone was. But when you heard the interview with Tua, just my jaw dropped. I had to pick it up off the floor. But his interview, you know, you're back with that kind of pressure. How did you know, you know, to go to to the receiver? And just like like a 10-year NFL vet, he said, you know, he said, "I, I knew the route. I knew this. I knew they had too high safety. And I knew that if if I didn't look at the receiver, if I looked to the middle of the field, that would pull the safety over, and then I could throw, and then I could throw over the top uh, to Smitty. And you think there are NFL quarterbacks that that don't grasp don't grasp the picture so holistically, um, and and then that just rattled off his tongue. He knew when he lined up. Uh, he said, "I knew when I walked up to the line of scrimmage. I knew the route." And I knew the coverage, and I knew I could get that safety to stay in the middle. And that, that not just the athleticism to execute, but the mental aptitude and just the instinctfulness, the instinctiveness to know that that, that, that shot was going to be available.
That is just incredible. Uh, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do just Dave's version of a, of a mini game ball here, and uh, and I <laughs> I'd really wrestled with this because <clears throat> I I circled two names, and uh, I do that sometimes because I think Tommy will pick one and I'll just pick the other, and we'll kind of go through from there. But you know I've got and I've got two circle for defense as well. Uh, but um, my two for uh, you know for the offense, uh, I mentioned Alex Leatherwood coming in. You know, when Jonah Williams went down, you think that's just a shot. And if we if we saw another team where their starting left tackle, who's one of the best in the game, goes down, then you think they're going to crumble. They're going to fall, especially when they have to bring in a true freshman to, to step into that position that uh, this is it. That's it's not going to happen. And Alex Leatherwood came in and you never would have known if you didn't know, you wouldn't have known that uh, that Jonah was out. He played that well. And uh, also. What uh, I think was uh, and, and so uh, Alex Leatherwood gets a mini game ball and I give another mini game ball to J.C. Hassenauer and I'll tell you why he started for Lester Cotton and Lester Cotton had been playing well all season. He was a starter uh, all season. J.C. had gotten some run at center when Bradley Bozeman went down. But uh, but he started at that uh, right guard position. And, you know, again, if you didn't know, you wouldn't have known. Uh, he played the entire game, uh, played very, very well. And uh, hats off and uh, mini game ball to uh, Hassenauer. <clears throat> Let's flip the field to uh, to defense uh, to defense. And um, you know that night, and I think throughout the playoffs, it was a Duran Payne world, and these other teams were just living in it. He impacted the entire game. Um, it it was almost it was almost comical the the degree to which he impacted the game. And I watched uh, not only I watched it live. I went back and watched the the replay of the game a couple times. And ESPN did this feature. It was a, a simulcast, and they did this uh, feature during the game where they had four or five college coaches that got in the room and watched the game live, and then just offered commentary as the game was running. And so I taped both uh, versions of the game and watched both versions. And the coaches. The coaches are, you know, there's pain again. There's 94 again, making a play. Who's that? Who's that? Oh, that's 94, making a play again. Watch this over here, 94, making a play. And it was, you know, again, it was almost comical the degree to which that he, the degree to which he was impacting the game. And it was fun to see the coaches, um, you know, what they observed and what they said. And you know, I'll be honest with you, kind of measure myself a little bit against, you know, what they were saying. Obviously, their eyes are more tuned. And trained to it, but uh, I enjoyed them seeing some of the things that that uh, that. Um, uh, let me rephrase that. I enjoyed seeing some of the things that they saw. Um, I enjoyed them calling out uh, Deron Payne. And one of the things that I'd noticed during during uh, the play of the game that they spent some time on when uh, when Raekwon uh, Raekwon had a big sack, and um, and they say, yeah, but look at this. Look at the replay here. The center who should have stretched out, who should have reached out and and uh, reach blocked on Raekwon, he stayed in and helped the guard who was double teaming with the other tackle on Deron Payne. And so Raekwon's sack was because he had, uh, uh, he was improperly blocked. The center thought he had help and uh, he didn't, or I'm sorry, the guard thought he had help and he didn't have help because the center was overreaching uh, to help uh, double and triple block uh, Deron Payne because they were so concentrated on Deron Payne 
that had got Raekwon William, uh, Raekwon uh, Davis a sack. And that's just one of those things that happens when it, when a player is on, it can it can have a ripple uh, a ripple uh, effect. Uh, Mac Wilson, what do you want to say? Twelve uh, tackles, and he had a huge gap fill tackle on Chubb at the line of scrimmage. If he was a step out of place, if he was a beat off, uh, if he had missed the fill, then it would have been a long run. It certainly uh, would have helped move the chains. And and in such a tight game, every additional first down, every additional possession, every additional extend the play, extend the clock, extend the possession uh, could have had a material outcome in that game. And uh, one of the plays that Mac Wilson made on, on that tackle of Chubb uh, was just phenomenal. Uh, Tony Brown, you know, he was taken out of the game when he gave up a 90-yard touchdown. And you think a game, you know, like this to give up a 90-yard touchdown uh, is is just un, unheard of. And, you know, he, he was taken out and, and Shai Carter came in. And, you know, one of the things, and I watched it a couple of times, and then it, it was it was spectacular. I can't talk to hear sort of break that down. And so, what, you know, the way that they kind of broke it down, and it's, it'd be easier if you had <clears throat> sort of the video. But it was he he was playing the 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 money position. I'm sorry, the star position. So the wide receiver lined up outside and and Tony cheated a little bit, almost as if he was expecting the slant. And so he was he was playing inside out coverage. And so when the slant didn't come and what's interesting is he did not need to play the slant because the safety was uh, it was it wasn't a two man high safety It was not that this is the proper terminology, but it was almost a two-man low safety. And so he had he had safety help on the slant. So he didn't have to cheat the slant. Where he did not have safety coverage was over the top. And so he should have aired playing outside in instead of inside out. And so by the time the receiver hops it off the line full, you know, full step, and Tony has to turn to catch up, he's beat. Five yards off the line of scrimmage, the receiver is wide open. And, of course, he goes for a 90-yard touchdown. So it wasn't necessarily athleticism that got him beat there. It And it wasn't necessarily his raw coverage ability, but it was technique. And when you hear Saban just technique, 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 that's what he means. That's exactly what he means. That was a stereotypical example of what he means. You know, you don't have over-the-top safety. You play outside in, not inside out. And that's what you do. And you could just see, I, you know, you could just see Saban just get so flustered at that. And so much so he said, look, if I'm going to get a freshman, if I'm going to get freshman mistakes for, it's not going to be from a senior. So I'm going to put Shy Carter in there. And, uh, and of course, Shy Carter had, you know, finished up and, and had a really good game, but that was sort of a, a, a neat sort of breakdown. Obviously we wish the play hadn't have happened, but um, you know, that was something to, to see there with Tony Brown. Um, you know, defense got a little sloppy. Like I said, 47 plays in the in the first half. The offense helped more in the second half, and so that let the the defense get their wind. But the defense, you know, they struggled. They had penalties, kept drives alive. Uh, there were 12 men uh, at one point on the field, and it was just lazy get off. It wasn't that we had 12 men lined up. There were just a guy getting off the field, and he was slow and he was lazy getting off the field. He didn't hustle it off the field, and so that last sort of trot step caught him. If he had hustled, and that's just one of those things when you run so many plays, you get sloppy, and he didn't hustle it off the field. And uh, so, you know, and I think that kept a drive alive. Uh, Deontay, Deontay Thompson, uh, he started for Hootie Ingram um, 
Hootie Ingram, uh, Hootie John. How many times have we done that over the last couple of years? Um, no more, I guess. Um, you know, he started for Hootie, who, who was injured. And uh, in fact, I'll go mini game ball, and and uh, I've got Shy Carter and Deontay Thompson circled as is my uh, my two mini game balls, much for the reasons that we've talked about here. Uh, special teams. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Andy was two of four, and um, I think we all know uh, two of those misses. Uh, JK, <clears throat> he averaged 47 and a half, really helped keep keep us in the game. Uh, Quinnen was offsides on what would have been a field goal, you know, make. And, uh, and of course, you know, there was the miss. Uh, Cam Sims, and this is a guy that's tearing it up in Redskins camp, and I liked his interview, uh, you know, sort of he um, – if he had any bitterness over uh, his playing time and relative su- success at Alabama. And, you know, he said, Saban ain't made no mistakes. And, uh, you know, he said, he, I've got two national titles. I've played in, you know, all the, um, you know, playoff games. You know, Saban doesn't make mistakes. Um, you know, I'll say this. Cam Sims was a phenomenal player. He he just had the injury bug that, uh, that sort of impacted him through his career. But at any rate, in the Georgia game, he had what would have been a touchdown uh, a saving uh, tackle in kickoff coverage early in the third quarter. And uh, that would have been the game that would have, you know, that would have given, that would have made it too far out of reach, I think. And we saw it went to overtime as it was. Uh, if they had gotten an extra touchdown, that would have been nail in the coffin, but that was a, uh, a touchdown saving tackle there that Cam Sins have. And that's going to be one of those plays that they're sort of lost in time. They're sort of lost in history, but had he not made that, that tackle, um, you know, the game wouldn't have turned out. There would have been no pass to Smitty. There would have been no two of the hero. Um, he would have had a valiant, you know, play perhaps, but it, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have netted the way that it did if, um, you know, if Sims hadn't made that tackle. Um, and then here's, here's a fun little, a little thing that, that I enjoyed the hell out of this, listening to the other coaches. Uh, the opening kickoff in the second half, we returned it uh, out of the end zone and we returned it to the 22. And if you listen to us, you listen to me in particular because this is sort of my my bailiwick, but I always, you know, they'll give it to you for free on the 25. Don't return it. If you can get it in the end zone, they'll give it to you for free on the 25. Don't return it. Let it go into the end zone. Get, you know, free money, right? Uh, get it on the 25. To the extent that I always say that the running back should not be credited yards until he crosses the 25. So, okay, by that logic, we return out to the 22. It should be a negative three play, right? All right. I think that. And those who have listened to the podcast have heard me say that for years. Well, on the coaches tape, and uh, they've got um, uh, David Cutcliffe and uh, Gundy and Pat Fitzgerald, um, you know, at Northwestern, a couple other guys. Matt Luke is uh, is 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 on there. Um and so anyways, Cutcliffe just just off the top, tip of his tongue, Cutcliffe says, oh, that's minus three. And Pat and Pat Fitzgerald, and they're almost sort of talking over one another. Uh, Cut, uh, Cut says, you know, minus three on the play. And and Pat uh, Fitzgerald said, oh, he lost three on the play. And so they started talking about that. And, and they both said, you know, and several of the coaches said, you know, it's free money, right? They'll give it to you at the 25. Um, you know, if you just take, if you just take a knee and I just, I was getting such a rush out of that, you know, them saying that right after I've said it for so long and, and, um, and just hearing that from somebody that's not me saying it, just that validation. And one of the coaches said, I don't think it was Gundy. He said, he said, well, what's the average, you know, what's the number one return average in the country? 
and there was a statistician there. I think I, I, I can't remember the guy's name. There was a sort of a, a commentator there and I had, had some stats with him. And he said, well, the number one average uh, kick return average in the country is 28 yards. So think about that for a minute. They'll give you 25 and the leading return is 28. That is nuts. Um, Gundy, Coach Gundy, Mike Gundy said, you know, if you took it as a touchback, Every time, if you took a touchback every time, you'd have a top 10 uh, return, uh, you know, return, which will be phenomenal. But I think you'd be better than top top 15 if the top is 28 and you get in 25, uh, you'd be good. And so Cutcliffe and, and Fitzgerald, they both sort of talked about it. Well, what do you do? You know, what do you do? And Pat Fitzgerald said, he said, you know, I coach my guys to take the knee, catch the ball and take the knee. Coach Cut. What do you coach your guys? And Cutcliffe said, I coach them not to catch it. And I just got the biggest kick out of that. He said, There's, you're not even going to risk taking it out of the end zone because I'm not going to let you catch it. So I got the biggest kick out of that because um, that is either very boring or, or if you're listening to us and have listened to us for a while, uh, you know, that's sort of a, a, a something that's a point of emphasis that I have. And so I just got the greatest sort of joy uh, in hearing them talk about that. But um at any rate, uh, that's sort of an overview, sort of breakdown there, uh, if you will, the national title game. You know, one thing I kind of wrote down, you know, you think about, you know, five national titles while, you know, Saban has been at Alabama. And and so you run through the, the names of those programs and think about the up and down of those programs while Alabama has had a sustained run. And so think of Texas. You know, they've changed coaches. They were in the dumps. Um, you know, they fire. You could call Mac Brown legendary if you want to. He's He had a nice run there for a long time, was well-liked, but they dumped him. They have been in the doldrums. They're trying to just scratch their way out. They've done this sort of roller coaster thing, and we've been consistently top, you know, top of the mountain. Um, you know, LSU has um, has significantly struggled. You know, we won a national title uh, against them. Notre Dame has sort of bounced all over the place. Uh, we sort of, you know, they were like a shooting star one year, and, uh, you know, we trucked them. Clemson has been, um, you know, more recent in the run, and uh, at the beginning of the run, they were really nothing. You know, Clemsoning was a term. Um, and, in fact, if you think about, you know, thinking about the Saban run, uh, Saban's year two, 2008, when we opened the season in Georgia, uh, are in the in the in Atlanta in the Georgia Dome against Clemson. That was you know who knew then, right? But uh, that's when Tommy uh, uh, Tommy Bowden gets uh, run out midseason because they were uh, a contender. Uh, people thought they were a dark horse to win the national title that year, and we just truck them with a team full of freshmen. And uh, Bowden loses his job, and Dabo takes over as an interim. And so think about think about that, right? And then they were Clemsoning and all of that stuff. And then Georgia has been a little bit all over the place. We faced them in, in an SEC championship game in 2014. They probably would have beaten Notre Dame about like we did. But uh, And then, you know, they seem to have something going. We'll see. But I, I just think that's fascinating. Think of other teams. You know, Florida State has won a title in that interim, and they've kind of been up and down. Uh, you know, Auburn as well. I call them the roller coaster team because they'll have a good year and then a bad year and a good year and a bad year and stuff like that. But anyways, the consistency that we've had over Saban is just unparalleled. It's unmatched. The run that we've had is longer than the USC run that Pete Carroll had. And um, 
and that was that was sort of the gold standard when you think like ah, we want to do what USC's doing. Well, we've surpassed that, and that's that's pretty darn impressive. So, at any rate, that's the breakdown on the national title game. Again, we've had a number of people reach out to us and want to hear our thoughts on that. So you've at least heard some thoughts from one of us. If you have any questions, if you have any opinions you want to share, you want to sort of have some dialogue, absolutely reach out to us. We are at Alabama Football Podcast at gmail.com. We're also at Alabama Football Podcast on Facebook, so we should be easy to find. And uh, I try to respond to everyone and engage with everyone. Uh, There's more of you guys out there and gals out there uh, than there are of me. But, hey, you reach out and, uh, you know, we'll we'll, um, we'll respond to you. And if you have any questions, uh, we love listener questions. So if you have any questions, shoot them out to us and uh, we'll try to cover those in the shows. Uh, or, or email if we're not able to get uh, get to them in a show, then we'll certainly respond to you that way. Again, we really appreciate, and I know I'm speaking for Tommy, we really appreciate all the kind words, all the outreaches, all the people. Where are you? Uh, we love your podcast. Where are you? We need to hear some more. Uh, everyone was just really, really friendly about it, but they wanted <laughs> they wanted their stuff. They wanted us. And so uh, that felt really good. It is darn humbling. I will tell you that for sure. Uh, but hey, We really appreciate it. Uh, We love you guys. We uh, enjoy doing this. And uh, this is good. This is our, um, I think this is going to be our ninth season, ninth or 10th season. I wrote it down somewhere. I'll probably cover it in a minute because I've got it in some notes. But uh, yeah, this is going to be our ninth season, which is, which is just flat, uh, flat and incredible. And we'll talk about that uh, in a coming up, uh, one of these coming up episodes. At any rate, leave us a review on iTunes. That's how people find us. That's how we rate uh, in iTunes. We really appreciate that. Like I said, email or Facebook for questions. And uh, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, T-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.